reading from page 149, Ugly Bugs. When we hurt, we are very likely to wonder why God doesn't help us. At those times, we may be the closest we have ever been to doubting that the God of the Bible exists. During long, sleepless nights, we may suffer more than we thought we could endure. We may think, if we're God, I would help anyone who hurts this badly. There is a scripture that I cling to when I am severely tested. 1 Corinthians 10.13 I say it over and over again. It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. When we suffer, we are being tempted, tested, and tried. We are tested in ways that are similar to what Job, Paul, and Peter experienced. If we learn to be victorious in these tests, in heaven we'll be able to fellowship with those who also wrestle with and were victorious over the same problems. We may be tempted to think, I don't care about being victorious. What I want is to be delivered from this problem. This is the moment when we have the opportunity and greatest need to enter into new joy through our faith in Christ. In the college I attended, a biology student was assigned the project of catching a bug and writing research report on it. We searched diligently for an attractive bug to study, but the only bug to be found was a small, black, and definitely ugly. What an ugly bug, she thought. But when viewed under the lab microscope, the bug showed its true colors. What had appeared to be ugly was actually beautifully iridescent. What a difference one's perspective can make. The small or huge ugly bugs that inhabit our life may seem to have no earthly value. We may wish we could get rid of them since we don't understand or appreciate them. But God does, and he is able to turn them into instruments of joy as we trust him to do so. Amen and amen. Beautifully, beautiful runnings of thought. Our next letter is called Powerful Thoughts. Powerful Thoughts. In Isaiah 55, 8, tells us, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. How much influence do our thoughts have over our ways? <laughs> Consider this illustration. If we think about chocolate cake, the thought was probably caused by our previous relationship with chocolate cake. If these were happy experiences, our next thought may be, I will get some chocolate cake. Thoughts often lead to action. An artist will tell you that his frame of mind determines how he will paint. If he is sad, his thoughts and feelings will reveal themselves in his paintings. If he is happy, there will be a quality of happiness in his choice of colors and brushstrokes. 
That is why artists urge their students to prepare their minds before they even pick up a brush. The Bible tells us valuable insights into the kinds of thoughts we should think if we want joy to be a major part of our lives. If we think positive, happy thoughts, subsequent circumstances will reflect those thoughts. Conversely, negative thoughts will always invariably lead to negative consequences. You may have heard the expression, if we keep doing what we did, we'll keep getting what we got. This maxim speaks to the way of life that I recommend to you. If you believe your life is not following a pattern of ever-increasing joy, try changing your thoughts. Otherwise, your life will continue the way it has been going. Psalm 47.1 offers this good suggestion. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of joy. Place this verse in a convenient place where you will see it often. Meditate on this message. A voice of joy reflects our faith in God. It is a declaration that we believe we are victorious in Christ. This victorious spirit then turns our apparent defeats into triumphs. I have seen this happen myself. Many times I enthusiastically recommend that you embrace a joyous spirit. Make everyone rejoice who puts his trust in you. Keep them shouting for joy. Fill all who love you with your happiness. Psalm 5111, the Living Bible. Again, make everyone around you rejoice who puts his trust in the Lord. Keep them shouting for joy. Fill all who love you with happiness. Psalm 511. Of course, no one likes shouting for joy all the time. Why then would God ask us to do so? Because it is our trust in Him, as demonstrated by our clapping our hands and joyful shouts. That causes happiness. That's an act of faith where we want to go. A soldier seldom feels like shouting when he is charging an enemy. He might get killed. But commanders know that when charging soldiers shout, they can often cause the enemy to flee. And that may save the soldier's life. What happens? We open the way for him to work a transformation in us. We are, by our actions, inviting him to change us. When people abandon their unhappy thoughts, those who know them often say things such as, What has happened to you? You used to act so unhappy. Now you look so cheerful. And they are right. God does change us when we trust him. Instead of worrying about our problems, trusting him and his happiness will replace your unhappiness. Amen. Our next letter is called Incredible Thoughts. If we are in Texas and want to go to New York, but travel in the direction of Los Angeles, we will not reach New York. Likewise, if we want to be joyful, 
We will not reach that objective if we move in the wrong direction. If we think our unhappiness thoughts are the result of our unpleasant circumstances, we may be wrong. <clears throat> Again, if we are thinking our, that our unhappy thoughts are the cause of unpleasant circumstances, we may be wrong. Our unhappy thoughts often cause our unhappy problems. Our thoughts are very powerful and can change our appearance, even our physical strength. You may have heard the story about the man who was repairing a flat tire when the jack slipped and the car fell on his child. The desperate father had only one thought, I must save my child. The man then lifted the corner of the car and saved his child. Later, four strong men struggled to pick up the same weight. Having a close and loving relationship with God will be difficult until we understand how important our thoughts are to Him. Others may see us as someone with certain physical characteristics, but God sees our thoughts. To Him, our thoughts are who we are. The thoughts we think give birth to the person we are. For example, if we think about how angry we are at someone, we can become consumed with that anger. Our facial expressions will then reflect those thoughts. God has given us the unique ability to control what we think. But if we allow people or situations to control our reactions and emotions, we become slaves to the actions of others. But now we can break out, out of that bondage and declare, Thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. If people or problems have battered us into being unhappy, discouraged, and angry victims of circumstances, we can change. It might be a difficult process, but it can be done. Bible verses are a powerful aid. Think of yourself as mounting up on wings like an eagle, Isaiah forty thirty one. Think of yourself as being made a new person. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun, Second Corinthians five seventeen. The Living Bible. Sounds impossible? God has challenged us to become happy people, overcomers who are not chained to what we have been in the past. We don't have to be unhappy just because we always have been. God's good news shows us a different way. In Second Corinthians 8-2, Paul writes about the New Testament Christians were having severe trials, yet their hearts overflowed with joy. New Testament Christians certainly knew what problems were, but they learned how to be joyful despite their circumstances. Their unhappiness then caused them to convince unbelievers that something wonderful had happened within them. We can be living testament of what Christ came to do in us, but for that to happen, we must think new thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and God and good. Again, 
Let us fix our thoughts on what is true and good and right. Let us think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine, good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. Hallelujah. That was uh, Philippians 4.8 by the Living Bible. Let us think good and true thoughts, folks. And God will use them to destroy any unhappiness that has attached itself to us. We may think this is a formidable task, but let us persevere and our rewards will be unlimited. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Our next letter or article is called Good Luck. Good Luck. Consider the idea of luck. Many people seek after good luck. Once that thought pattern is established, they may repeatedly look for evidence that good luck is following them. They may look for evidence that good luck is following them. But once we accept the idea that good luck is possible, we automatically accept the opposite, bad luck. And once we accept the idea of bad luck, we embrace it as a reality. Every year, people in our country spend billions of dollars on gambling. They foolishly seek the elusive favors of Lady Luck. But she is no lady. She brings with her the fear of bad luck. Huh? If we believe in luck, we dread the unexpected. We believe that events are out of God's control. Circumstances that seem to be bad luck can drain away our joy. The measure of joy in our lives will often be determined by our understanding of how actively God involves himself in everything that happens on this earth. Is he never involved? Sometimes involved or always involved in what happens? Ultimately, what we believe determines how we will react to each thing that happens to us. If we are certain of what we believe, I suggest that we study the book of Job. Satan hated Job and wanted to make him suffer. But before he could afflict Job, he had obtained God's permission. Was Job a victim of bad luck or was God in control of his circumstances? Were Job's affliction an exception to God's normal ways of working in our lives? No, they weren't. For in many ways, the Bible indicates that God is always a part of everything that happens to us. He stops what he wants to stop, and he permits what he wants to permit. He allows some things to happen that we feel we would never allow, and he stops other things from happening that we think should occur. God gives us the opportunity to trust in Him rather than in our own judgment. No matter how much we may disagree with Him, we must decide if we believe that He is all-wise and altogether loving toward mankind. And hear that word, loving. There is no such thing as good luck or bad luck. We would be foolish to look or to depend on them. Luck is not part of our Christian heritage. Christ has promised to provide all that we need. Philippians 4.19 Joy stays with us when we believe that God is totally involved in our lives. Jeremiah 29.11, Psalm 40, verse 5 
We rejoice as we sing. God is working for my good, for my good, for my good. And we see ever-increasing evidence of his presence. God honors the faith of those who believe he is always working for their good and increases their joy. Amen and amen. Our next reading is called, For Such a Time as This. The vast kingdom of Persia stretched from India to Ethiopia. Every Jew in the immense empire was secluded to be executed. One woman, Esther, had the potential to save them, but to do so, she would have to risk her own life. Mordecai challenged her, Who knows? You may have been chosen queen for just such a time as this. Esther 4.14 Each of us has come to where we are for such a time as this. Esther took the necessary risk and saved her people. You and I may face a different challenge, but a challenge it is. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6.12 These unseen forces are always seeking ways to defeat God's people. They use both our circumstances and other people in their efforts to influence us. Matthew 16.23 It is essential, then, that we be aware that we are in our position as God's children for such a time as this. We may be able to help just one person, or we may be able to help many people. The important thing is that we be faithful wherever God has placed us. I've been asked many times, how can I know what God wants me to do? One answer is in Judges 9.33. Do whatever your hand finds to do. We often dislike the opportunities we have. We often feel that our lives would be easier and happier if our circumstances were different. But if we continue to think this way, we will miss the opportunities as well as the rewards that God wants to give us. We can find great joy when we realize that God has placed us here at this time and place to accomplish our assigned mission. As I look back on many years of my life here on earth, I realize that my most difficult experiences have been used by God to mow my life. Even though I often complain at the time, God knew that there were things I needed to learn. We have the opportunity to learn things that can be only learned in our particular situations. If God has not provided a way for us to improve our circumstances, believe that he has called us to serve him where we are. We can serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100 verse 2. When we do, our rewards and our joy will be great. We'll be transformed from childish thoughts, anger, resentments, and grow in love and gold and silver and love.
page 149, Ugly Bugs. When we hurt, we are very likely to wonder why God doesn't help us. At those times, we may be the closest we have ever been to doubting that the God of the Bible exists. During long, sleepless nights, we may suffer more than we thought we could endure. We may think, if we're God, I would help anyone who hurts this badly. There is a scripture that I cling to when I am severely tested. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I say it over and over again. It says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. When we suffer, we are being tempted, tested, and tried. We are tested in ways that are similar to what Job, Paul, and Peter experienced. If we learn to be victorious in these tests, in heaven we'll be able to fellowship with those who also wrestle with and were victorious over the same problems. We may be tempted to think, I don't care about being victorious. What I want is to be delivered from this problem. This is the moment when we have the opportunity and greatest need to enter into new joy through our faith in Christ. In the college I attended, a biology student was assigned the project of catching a bug and writing research report on it. We searched diligently for an attractive bug to study, but the only bug to be found was a small black and definitely ugly. What an ugly bug, she thought. But when viewed under the lab microscope, the bug showed its true colors. What had appeared to be ugly was actually beautifully iridescent. What a difference one's perspective can make. The small or huge ugly bugs that inhabit our life may seem to have no earthly value. We may wish we could get rid of them since we don't understand or appreciate them. But God does, and He is able to turn them into instruments of joy as we trust Him to do so. Amen and amen. Beautifully, beautiful runnings of thought. Our next letter is called Powerful Thoughts. Powerful Thoughts. In Isaiah 55, 8, tells us, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. How much influence do our thoughts have over our ways? Consider this illustration. If we think about chocolate cake, the thought was probably caused by our previous relationship with chocolate cake. If these were happy experiences, our next thought may be, I will get some chocolate cake. Thoughts often lead to actions. An artist will tell you that his frame of mind determines how he will paint. If he is sad, his thoughts and feelings will reveal themselves in his paintings. If he is happy, there will be a quality of happiness in his choice of colors and brushstrokes. 
That is why artists urge their students to prepare their minds before they even pick up a brush. The Bible tells us valuable insights into the kinds of thoughts we should think if we want joy to be a major part of our lives. If we think positive, happy thoughts, subsequent circumstances will reflect those thoughts. Conversely, negative thoughts will always and barely lead to negative consequences. You may have heard the expression, if we keep doing what we did, we'll keep getting what we got. This maxim speaks to the way of life that I recommend to you. If you believe your life is not following a pattern of ever-increasing joy, try changing your thoughts. Otherwise, your life will continue the way it has been going. Psalm 47.1 offers this good suggestion. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of joy. Place this verse in a convenient place where you will see it often. Meditate on this message. A voice of joy reflects our faith in God. It is a declaration that we believe we are victorious in Christ. This victorious spirit then turns our apparent defeats into triumphs. I have seen this happen myself. Many times I enthusiastically recommend that you embrace a joyous spirit. Make everyone rejoice who puts his trust in you. Keep them shouting for joy. Fill all who love you with your happiness. Psalm 51:11, The Living Bible. Again, make everyone around you rejoice who puts his trust in the Lord. Keep them shouting for joy. Fill all who love you with happiness. Psalm 5:11. Of course, no one likes shouting for joy all the time. Why then would God ask us to do so? Because it is our trust in Him, as demonstrated by our clapping our hands and joyful shouts. That causes happiness. That's an act of faith where we want to go. A soldier seldom feels like shouting when he is charging an enemy. He might get killed. But commanders know that when charging soldiers shout, they can often cause the enemy to flee, and that may save the soldier's life. What happens? We open the way for him to work a transformation in us. We are, by our actions, inviting him to change us. When people abandon their unhappy thoughts, Those who know them often say things such as, What has happened to you? You used to act so unhappy. Now you look so cheerful. And they are right. God does change us when we trust Him instead of worrying about our problems. Trusting Him and His happiness will replace your unhappiness. Amen. Our next letter is called, Incredible Thoughts. If we are in Texas and want to go to New York, but travel in the direction of Los Angeles, we will not reach New York. Likewise, if we want to be joyful, 
We will not reach that objective if we move in the wrong direction. If we think our unhappiness thoughts are the result of our unpleasant circumstances, we may be wrong. <clears throat> Again, if we are thinking our, that our unhappy thoughts are the cause of unpleasant circumstances, we may be wrong. Our unhappy thoughts often cause our unhappy problems. Our thoughts are very powerful and can change our appearance, even our physical strength. You may have heard the story about the man who was repairing a flat tire when the jack slipped and the car fell on his child. The desperate father had only one thought, I must save my child. The man then lifted the corner of the car and saved his child. Later, four strong men struggled to pick up the same weight. Having a close and loving relationship with God will be difficult until we understand how important our thoughts are to Him. Others may see us as someone with certain physical characteristics, but God sees our thoughts. To Him, our thoughts are who we are. The thoughts we think give birth to the person we are. For example, if we think about how angry we are at someone, we can become consumed with that anger. Our facial expressions will then reflect those thoughts. God has given us the unique ability to control what we think. But if we allow people or situations to control our reactions and emotions, we become slaves to the actions of others. But now we can break out, out of that bondage and declare, Thanks be to God, He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 If people or problems have battered us into being unhappy, discouraged, and angry victims of circumstances, we can change. It might be a difficult process, but it can be done. Bible verses are a powerful aid. Think of yourself as mounting up on wings like an eagle, Isaiah 40, 31. Think of yourself as being made a new person. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The Living Bible. Sounds impossible? God has challenged us to become happy people, overcomers who are not chained to what we have been in the past. We don't have to be unhappy just because we always have been. God's good news shows us a different way. In 2 Corinthians 8-2, Paul writes about the New Testament Christians were having severe trials, yet their hearts overflowed with joy. New Testament Christians certainly knew what problems were, but they learned how to be joyful despite their circumstances. Their unhappiness then caused them to convince unbelievers that something wonderful had happened within them. We can be living testament of what Christ came to do in us, but for that to happen, we must think new thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and God and good. Again, 
Let us fix our thoughts on what is true and good and right. Let us think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. Hallelujah. That was uh, Philippians 4.8 by the Living Bible. Let us think good and true thoughts, folks. And God will use them to destroy any unhappiness that has attached itself to us. We may think this is a formidable task, but let us persevere and our rewards will be unlimited. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Our next letter or article is called Good Luck. Good Luck. Consider the idea of luck. Many people seek after good luck. Once that thought pattern is established, they may repeatedly look for evidence that good luck is following them. They may look for evidence that good luck is following them. But once we accept the idea that good luck is possible, we automatically accept the opposite, bad luck. And once we accept the idea of bad luck, we embrace it as a reality. Every year, people in our country spend billions of dollars on gambling. They foolishly seek the elusive favors of Lady Luck. But she is no lady. She brings with her the fear of bad luck. If we believe in luck, we dread the unexpected. We believe that events are out of God's control. Circumstances that seem to be bad luck can drain away our joy. The measure of joy in our lives will often be determined by our understanding of how actively God involves himself in everything that happens on this earth. Is he never involved? Sometimes involved or always involved in what happens? Ultimately, what we believe determines how we will react to each thing that happens to us. If we are certain of what we believe, I suggest that we study the book of Job. Satan hated Job and wanted to make him suffer. But before he could afflict Job, he had obtained God's permission. Was Job a victim of bad luck or was God in control of his circumstances? Were Job's affliction an exception to God's normal ways of working in our lives? No, they weren't. For in many ways, the Bible indicates that God is always a part of everything that happens to us. He stops what he wants to stop, and he permits what he wants to permit. He allows some things to happen that we feel we would never allow, and he stops other things from happening that we think should occur. God gives us the opportunity to trust in him rather than in our own judgment. No matter how much we may disagree with him, we must decide if we believe that he is all-wise and altogether loving toward mankind. And hear that word, loving. There is no such thing as good luck or bad luck. We would be foolish to look or to depend on them. Luck is not part of our Christian heritage. Christ has promised to provide All that we need, Philippians 4.19. Joy stays with us when we believe that God is totally involved in our lives. Jeremiah 29.11, Psalm 40, verse 5. 
We rejoice as we sing. God is working for my good, for my good, for my good. And we see ever-increasing evidence of his presence. God honors the faith of those who believe he is always working for their good and increases their joy. Amen and amen. Our next reading is called, For Such a Time as This. The vast kingdom of Persia stretched from India to Ethiopia. Every Jew in the immense empire was secluded to be executed. One woman, Esther, had the potential to save them, but to do so, she would have to risk her own life. Mordecai challenged her, Who knows, you may have been chosen queen for just such a time as this. Esther 4.14 Each of us has come to where we are for such a time as this. Esther took the necessary risk and saved her people. You and I may face a different challenge, but a challenge it is. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 6.12 These unseen forces are always seeking ways to defeat God's people. They use both our circumstances and other people in their efforts to influence us. Matthew 16.23 It is essential, then, that we be aware that we are in our position as God's children for such a time as this. We may be able to help just one person, or we may be able to help many people. The important thing is that we be faithful wherever God has placed us. I've been asked many times, how can I know what God wants me to do? One answer is in Judges 9.33. Do whatever your hand finds to do. We often dislike the opportunities we have. We often feel that our lives would be easier and happier if our circumstances were different. But if we continue to think this way, we will miss the opportunities as well as the rewards that God wants to give us. We can find great joy when we realize that God has placed us here at this time and place to accomplish our assigned mission. As I look back on many years of my life here on earth, I realize that my most difficult experiences have been used by God to mold my life. Even though I often complain at the time, God knew that there were things I needed to learn. We have the opportunity to learn things that can be only learned in our particular situations. If God has not provided a way for us to improve our circumstances, believe that he has called us to serve him where we are. We can serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100 verse 2. When we do, our rewards and our joy will be great. We'll be transformed from childish thoughts, anger, resentments, and grow in love and gold and silver and love. <laughs>